Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the life careers and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride, as always, is TJ2 the Deuce. That one was good. What is that? Better. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, this is Oscar's Lager from Oscar Blues. I yeah, I thought you were going to say Oscar the Grouch. Yes. That green guy in the garbage can brews his own beer. You don't know what he's doing underneath there. I, mean, I don't want to think about right. it. I mean, there's probably a lot of empty beer cans in that trash can. I mean, yeah. Seriously. And uh, we also have my loving husband, Mr. Will the Thrill. Greetings and salutations. Did we not? Did you have another drink? Uh, yeah. Okay. What are you drinking now? This one comes to us from a place that LD, you and I like to go to. McLeod Ale Brewing Company. Uh, just for people to know, I don't go for the beer. I go for the pizza. They have good pizza. And I believe, TJ, you've had their wares as well, shipped as far as the East Coast. And and who was that again? McLeod. I believe I have, yes. Yes. This one is the Flynn the Crow Cherry Porter. Very nice. That's That sounds Wait, wait nice. Flynn? Flynn. F-L-Y-N. Uh, I was going to say, Flynn would be a terrible thing to put on your... Yeah, I wouldn't advertise like, hey, that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. have a yeah, pour yourself a big loogie lager. We got booger beer. All right. Well, before this gets out of hand, Too we late. would like to go ahead and say thank you to our sponsor, and I'll hand it over to Mr. Will the Thrill. Absolutely. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Help. And some of you may know Better Help. Some of you may have thought, who is Better Help? And some of you, like me, may think they are a wonderful service. And that's why I'm going to talk to you about them today. BetterHelp is a service that offers you online therapy that fits your needs because, let's face it, everyone can use a little help sometimes. We focus on all areas of our lives to try to make ourselves better. Diet, exercise, pushing that career forward, getting that degree. But at the end of the day, have you talked about your mental health? Did you take a moment to check the head? If you're anything like me, you probably didn't and it went on for way too long. I can tell you personally that I did all of those things and my life wasn't adding up. Something was missing. I felt completely isolated. I felt like I was alone. I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. And as a result, all these areas of my life started to suffer. That's where BetterHelp stepped in and they really saved my bacon. BetterHelp is that service that you can go to with virtually anything. I think that's the best part. They ask you a series of questions that actually set you up with a targeted licensed therapist that can address your needs. BetterHelp will allow you to meet with this therapist online, chat with them virtually, and do appointments from your own home. And I live in Los Angeles, folks. It's extremely challenging to go anywhere. You have to pay to park when you go anywhere. Traffic, all that. You don't want to deal with that. Instead, you can meet from your home. You can interface with a therapist who will be targeted towards exactly what's ailing you. 
Plus, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And if you answer these questions, you can get connected with that individual to help you out in less than 48 hours. It's really remarkable. BetterHelp was a game changer for me, for millions of others. And I'm telling you, it can be a game changer in your life as well. That's why we have a special offer for Rock and Roll Heaven listeners, where you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com. All you need to do is go to betterhelp.com backslash rock heaven, and you can be eligible to get the 10% discount to start chatting about those things that are ailing you. Big, small, it doesn't matter. BetterHelp has people that will always listen, help you out, and help you get the better life you deserve. Better help, better life, folks. I know. All right. Well, thank you so much for BetterHelp for sponsoring this show. We really appreciate it. Now, I'm going to turn it over to my brother who has the best explanation for what we're about to do that I think anybody can give. So I'm going to hand the reins over to TJ to explain what is happening today. So today is one of our monthly Slap Nuts episodes where we, we, yeah, someone has Slap Nuts, where where normally we focus on, uh, you know, one artist for extremely long periods of time, or we're certainly doing that now. And, um, (laughs) but there's a lot of negativity, a lot of gloom and doom. And so about once a month, we like to just have some fun and talk about music and some non-music topics. Think of this since we're, you know, you know, since four score and seven years ago, we started a uh, series on Michael Jackson. Think of this as like, if you're running a marathon, this is that the, the water station at the halfway mark, you know, you're, your, your nipples are bleeding and you've pooped yourself and someone's giving you water. Wait, are you suggesting that my, my 15, 17, 38 part series on Michael Jackson is a marathon? We started it when he was still alive. <laughs> we, we didn't actually, but. Uh, well, so uh, for your water break, uh, what are we talking about today? What are the, what are the three things that we're going to be covering today? Well, uh, we have, as per usual, we have two music topics and one non-music topic. So we're going to go with our top 10 favorite movie soundtracks. We're going to go with, uh, I believe, a topic that LD submitted. That would be, what, five music videos that made an impact on you of some kind. And then our get-to-know-your-host, learn-about-our-lives non-musical topic is worst restaurant meal you've ever eaten. (laughs) And I do believe that we are actually going to be starting with the worst meal right now. So TJ, why don't you take it away for the uh, the worst meal? Kick us off. Okay. okay. Well, I, I managed to narrow it down to two. I have two that just stand head and shoulders above the rest. One involved a $5 seafood buffet uh, in a oh, trailer. Wow. <laughs> and there was a bowling ball sized turd that was actually smoking in the in the toilet of the facility hang on hang on if you're spending five bucks for seafood i feel like you know what you're getting into no you never that is like eating out of the chocolate fountain at the golden corral you just don't do it man that's like no that's like that's like eating the fish out of the little fountains at disney or something oh god that's probably a better option than what you're about to talk about probably but i'm not going to tell you that one i'll save that for another time oh thank heaven good taste prevailed (laughs) so uh as as regular listeners know i work for a newspaper and uh that often requires that i travel to cover you know, trials, ball games, things of that nature. Well, what I often like to do if I'm going to be 
traveling far off for something is I do a little advanced scouting and I try to find if, if possible a high quality barbecue eatery that I can stop at on my way so I was going to uh North Augusta South Carolina for a playoff baseball game uh, so you're almost in Georgia at this point so it's, it was a really long drive but I did some research and I found that there was what is considered a quote hundred mile barbecue establishment in Trenton, South Carolina, that I would, I thought, be passing on the way there. So a 100-mile barbecue place, for those who don't know, in South Carolina, we take our barbecue very seriously, and there are tiers. There's worth the drive barbecue, and then there's 100-mile barbecue, i.e., it's a place you would drive literally 100 miles just to eat there. Okay, it's it's an actual... I think we've got our own places like that, Tay. For me... We literally went 75 miles out of the way one time to go eat at Kosi, C-O-S-I, because their bread right. is amazing. So, yeah, I know exactly what 100 miles. And of course, LD will drive 100 miles out of the way to eat at a Waffle House. So you, you maybe don't want to take her advice. Which you've done, her. haven't you, LD? I, um, I, I did drive to Arizona one time so I could eat at the Waffle House. So you could eat at Waffle House. Now, I don't know um, if this is relevant or not, but does this have anything to do with the way you judge a barbecue joint? Because I know TJ and LD, you have a specific way of viewing the sign outside to indicate how strong that venue is. Well, it usually it, there, there needs to be a pig on it. Yes. There, yeah. If there's not a pig on it and, and, and there wasn't in this particular instance that I'm going to tell you. I will say, I will say there is a, there is a hierarchy of that pig though. I go deeper than just having a pig. See, like for me, the lowest grade is just having a pig, like on four legs, looking forward, you know, not like nothing special about it's just, here's a pig. Now here's here's the outline now, of a pig. Yes. Now the the second level is the pig standing on its hind legs wearing a apron, and then you know no, it's no. good. Right. Then right. a step up from that is that he's wearing an apron. He's on two legs, and he's got a chef's hat on, and he's in front of a grill. Yep. And then the best one is when he's on two legs, wearing the apron and the chef's hat in front of the grill with the ribs or some sort of meat on a fork in his hand and he's smiling because he's a cannibal the meat is so good that it has turned this pig into a cannibal right so the, the there's a higher the height, height, the height know, of, i've eaten myself the height of this pyramid is an anthropomorphized pig eating itself that is the eating pinnacle it, eat, essentially eating of what you can achieve or, yes. or, yes. or blood or eating itself or blood can. And it's yeah. got to be smiling because if it's not smiling, then you know it's probably coerced. Into it's like a point it. off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that deducts points. I'm also going to, I'm going to give bonus points if he happens to be smoking something. <laughs> like, like he's smoking a cigarette or something. Like it's hanging out of his uh, snout. <laughs> yeah, hanging out of his snout while he eats. You know, like Uncle, while, like he, while he eats like Uncle, oh, while he eats so like go Uncle there. Wilbur. <laughs> If he's, go got there a, in a if he's got a beer like Paps Blue Ribbon, what are we doing? Right. Oh, and if, if, a, oh yeah, if he's drink, oh if he's drinking a beer, then it's probably the best ever. That's two hundred um, mile barbecue. So, but anyway, the South Carolina Barbecue Association actually has a designation called hundred mile barbecue. It's it's worth driving hundred miles to stay there. And there was a, one located in a place called Trenton, South Carolina, a tiny little town, on the way to North Augusta, or so I thought. So I I planned to leave early enough to be able to, you know, budget time to stop and eat before this ball game. And I start driving down there and I get, there's, you get to a certain point where 
I, the directions were that this that Trenton and ergo this restaurant were quote just off highway whatever just off so I get to a sign pointing me toward Trenton indicating that it's 25 miles off of this highway that's not just off whoever wrote those, those directions you suck at math 25 miles ain't just off nothing that's a long way to go that is literally how far I've got to drive to work tomorrow so and that's right and, and, to it. and you got to think now this is it's it's I have to drive 25 miles off this highway taking me to the game I'm going to and then 25 miles back so that's when you have to do gas tank math because I'm guessing the places you're going are not exactly populated with uh quick stops or anything like right, that right exactly and it, but it's it's but that's that's 50 miles out of my way so I haven't budgeted for that time wise holy to start with. and then right and then it's like am I gonna pass a place to get gas if I should need it? maybe not now some of the places I go I would just mention on one occasion I was driving to a little place called Macby South Carolina and I asked Siri for restaurant you know uh Siri uh can you give me a list of restaurants near Macby here's what I found and the second one was Exxon yeah, when Siri responds with, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like, why, why, why would you ask? I'm sorry, I can't do that, Travis. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she, she was like, I think she was like, what the? <laughs> why would you, why are you there? She's just like, no, no. But, but like, you're saying the second option was a gas station. So like, I guess like a hot dog off the roller grill and some spicy peanuts. I don't know. Anyway, so I had to. I had to reassess my plan. I wasn't going to be able to drive to Trenton 50 miles out of my way to go to this restaurant that I had had selected and read great reviews on, and it's on the 100-mile barbecue list, so I wasn't going to be able to go. Okay, well, I'm going to have to adapt on the fly. And I passed another barbecue eatery near North Augusta, South Carolina. We'll call it the Sad Meat Jubilee. <laughs> and I said, I guess I'll just stop here. It's a barbecue place. I'm in the mood for barbecue. I thought I was going to get to eat barbecue. I'll just stop here. My first indication that things were about to go terribly, terribly awry was that there was a big sign out front advertising that it was a, a $7.50 all-you-could-eat barbecue buffet. Nope. Huh. Now, you can on occasion find really good food at small, out-of-the-way places at an affordable price. Were they also cutting hair in the same location? I mean. <laughs> right, and right, and changing your oil or something. But a $7.50 all-you-can-eat barbecue buffet is probably not, as to, to quote Will from a previous episode, you're probably not going to emerge with an intact colon. No, no. This is a place where, this is probably a place where they think that salmonella is a sauce. <laughs> so I pull in. <laughs> I pull in. Second, my second indication that things probably were not what I was hoping was that, and this is at like 5.30 in the afternoon, that a $7.50 all-you-can-eat buffet has drawn a total of one car. Because if the place was any good, this is people have just gotten out of work. You'd think a lot of people would be stopping here on a Friday. And that's that's almost suggesting that the people that work there don't drive. Right. <laughs> Which makes you wonder. Which kind of makes you wonder. So, but against my own better judgment at this point, I parked and I went inside. When I walked in the door 
it looked like a funeral parlor. Oh, no. Now, there wasn't a casket with Uncle Wilbur that the pig was cooking sitting in the foyer or anything. But it just had that. It just had it looked old and it smelled old. Oh, and at this point, I'm like, I think I should leave. But then, like, the one person working there saw me, and I'm like, Oh crap! Are no, we talking right, like right. mothballs and aqua velva old? Or? Yeah, are we talking? Yes. Are, are we okay. talking about? Are we talking kind of about Campbell's truck stop? Uh, no, worse, no, be oh, way beyond that. No, 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 oh. no. Okay. Yeah, no, yes, but yes, it's it it it, it reeked of tipperillos and old spice. Oh. Okay. Sort of, but it just, but you know, when it, it there's that just there's a smell that old places have. It smelled old. <laughs> but at this point, the one person working saw me, and I'm like, oh god, no, I have to stay. And I said, up oh, table for one, please. She took me. There's one other person eating in this restaurant, and I sat down. I said, I'll just, I guess I'll just have the buffet. Said, All right, well, you just you go up there and serve yourself, okay? So I walk up to that buffet. I love that and, you were already sad before you eat. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm resigned to my fate at this point. This is last meal territory. I guess this is like, well, this is how I die. Uh, yeah. But I died doing what I love. I died doing what I love. So I went up to this buffet and I looked at it. And there's about five items on this alleged buffet. One of them was barbecue. And it looked pulled pork barbecue. And it looked like pulled pork barbecue. Okay, well, I'll get mm-hmm. a lot of this. And I put up good help. And I'm like, oh, look, it's got little pieces of bark in it. For those who don't know, bark is when you smoke a, a butt, which is actually not the pig's ass. It's from their shoulder. You put, you, generally, you, you put a spice rub of some kind on it and you put it in a smoker. And the heat and the smoke in concert with the rendering fat and the spices that you've put on it will actually make a blackish exterior, which is delicious. And it's called bar and so i see little bits of of black in this barbecue and i think okay all right well look this this is actually smoke there's real bark in here fine i'll give myself a good helping of that and then i look at this glop and i don't know what else to call it i couldn't identify it i guessed that it was hash okay guessing your food is not a good sign it was red and so what i took there was a a big there was a tub of, of red sauce Oh, and no. I took it, I took it that they had, quote, livened up this hash with some of their sauce. So I've got a very small portion of that. And then there were like green beans that were very clearly out of a can. I didn't get any of those. And then there was some kind of stew, I think. Yeah, qu- I question, know. questionnaires for Michelin star restaurants usually don't start with, <laughs> is this hash? Question mark. With what is this? Yeah, precisely. So, so I took, I got a big helping of the of the barbecue, and I got a little bit of what I took to be hash, and I got some of the sauce. And I went back and I, sat, I. and I went back and I sat at the table. It was at that point I noticed that the salt in the salt shaker was yellow. Oh. I don't want to think about how you could turn, what you would do to salt to make it turn yellow. Uh. Other than probably this is like a urinal cake that they've created. Uh, they've run through a cheese grater i'm like 
okay, so not trying the salt. They brought me tea. It tasted rent. LD knows exactly what I mean when I say that. It was oh, rarent. I see, and I love you, honey. Will tried to make tea the other day, and I'm like, no, no, you you leave this to the Southern women. Yeah, yeah, I, I did my best. You try, you try, and I love you for it. But sweet tea can kind of get burned or left out or left out too long and it gets burnt there's a there's a flavor that it has when it's burnt and you'd be better off chewing paper yes to to quench your thirst than drinking tea that has been ruined and then i don't i don't understand sun tea like i just don't and then sun tea it tastes inherently different but there are some people that make sun tea and it's gross to me. So that's my yeah. that's my sweet so, tea. LD's sweet tea corner. So I took a bite of, I took one little bite of the hash. And all you could taste was the sauce. And the sauce tasted like old tomato soup. Oh. And I don't mean good old tomato soup. I mean old tomato soup. As like in- sh- shit that Mr. Campbell cooked up, put in a can and said, I think I shall mass produce this. Hey, don't you dare, sir. Surly the good name of Mr. Campbell and the tomato soup. What makes tomato soup bad is when you let it get cold and it gets the skin on it. But yep. I'm imagining that your hash tasted like the cold skin from the tomato soup it- that was left in the sink after a mass evacuation. Right. It, it was, it tasted like the skin from the top of tomato soup. If the skin from the top of tomato soup had sat in someone's ass. That's very and, specific. I had come to rest in someone's sweaty ass. You have, you have painted quite a picture, TJ. So I'm like, okay, not going to eat any more of that. Let's just eat the barbecue. It looks okay. And I took a bite and it, it wasn't really terrible because it didn't actually taste like anything. It, it, the only thing I could taste was what I thought was bark. It wasn't bark. It was burned meat. The little, the little black bit were not tasty, delicious bark, which Did is a mix of- Did body not just reject this? It, it's not, which is, you know, bark is this delicious mixture of, of spices and smoke and unctuous rendered fat. This was burned meat. And, and by the way, with the sauce, with the sauce, even if it had tasted like regular tomato soup, that is a terribly ill fit for barbecue. So let, let's just, let's, let's take stock of things real quick. You judge restaurants based on a couple of things. One is the ambiance. And this looked like a funeral parlor and it smelled like mothballs in a pine box. The food tasted like failure and butt. So what would be the one saving grace? The one redeeming quality that you could say about a restaurant is the service, right? That's something else you would judge them by is the service. I am one of two people in this restaurant. The phone rings and the one lady working picks up the phone and says, sorry, can't talk. We've gotten real busy and hangs up. (laughs) Holy moly. They don't get a gold star on that one either. At this point, I'm like, I just need to get, I need to escape. So I cover my plate up with a napkin. As I do, one other customer walks in and the the woman says to him like, hey, Frank, do you want your usual? And I'm like, this man willingly has eaten at this place more than once. I mean, is it, did he get a coupon? Is this some sort of court mandated punishment? I don't like, I don't worry. Is it a, did he lose a bet or was it? Right, right, did he lose a bet? Of the, I bet he, I bet he came in last in his fantasy football league. Was he the kind of guy who got a DUI because he was 
riding his riding lawnmower to the liquor store. And this is the only place within walking distance because he no longer has a license. Right. And he, and he, even in South Carolina, they won't let him ride a moped. Like he, he's got that many DUIs. <laughs> Razor scooters off the road. Sorry, sorry, Frank. If you're listening to our podcast, we're sorry, Frank. We hope that uh... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sorry, Frank. You need to do better. And (laughs) Bill, I figure he came in last in his fantasy football league, and they're like, okay, okay, you can either get a tattoo of a green penis on your nose, or you can eat at the Sad Meat Jubilee. And he's like, oh man, yeah. How big does the tattoo have to be? Like, how big is the tat? Like the guy who had to uh, had to spend twenty four hours in a Waffle House. Oh, that was yes. brilliant! Every waffle he ate, he got an hour off, and he ended up spending sixteen hours inside this Waffle House. It was brilliant, and he, he only ate the whole thing. I would have, I could have eaten more than eight waffles, but anyway. So I, I beat a hasty retreat. I put my napkin over my plate. At this point, why I would give a shit whether they think I enjoyed my meal or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but there's yeah. that. I'm not going to show you that I ate like three bites of this, and I, but I covered it up with my napkin and I literally ran and, and that, that acrid, uh, disgusting taste stayed in my mouth the rest of the night. Okay. Two questions. Ouch. Sure. Did you pay? Uh, yeah. Well, I paid when I went in. I okay. Think. All right. So you didn't dine and dash. No, Did- no, no, no. I, no, I, I paid, I paid for all three bites of that of that did, rancid awfulness yes did you get food poisoning not that i'm aware of i don't think i ate enough okay all right so that's that's your food will do you have do you have a story well it's interesting that you mentioned food poisoning because mine involves a possible derivative thereof and this is a story of loss ladies and gentlemen i take you back to durango colorado yep this was a road trip sorry, that- are you talking to our audience Yes, I, I, I'm sure both of them are listening. <laughs> Picture it, Sicily, 1947. 19, and I'm, I'm smoking sorry, and standing didn't, outside. Didn't, uh, didn't, what was his name? Dusty Rhodes' alter ego. Wasn't he from the Midnight oh, Rider um, from Durango, Colorado? Durango, Colorado, yes. Um, a place known for, yes, Dusty Rhodes, but not the sandwich location I visited. So my family and I were on a trip. We decided to rent an RV and visit the Four Corners, which, as you know, is it's Arizona, uh, Colorado, that little cluster right there, uh, New Mexico. <laughs> so needless to say, my family in an RV traveling around this area is comical for a number of reasons. One is we stopped at a sandwich location, which I will not disclose the name of. For some reason, we were there earlier in the day, and I can't remember if it's because we got a late start or something or other. I was probably about eight or nine at this time. And we were actually dropping off the RV and going into a hotel. So this was like the transition day for that. So maybe that had something to do with it. So we pull into a sandwich place for late breakfast, early lunch, and I order a cheese sandwich. In my little eight-year-old, nine-year-old mind, I probably should have said something when the cheese was not a solid substance. This was not a grilled cheese, mind you. I did not order a grilled cheese. This was a non-formed cheese substance slapped onto bread, which I ate. Time goes on and I'm not feeling too great. We actually, you know, drop off the RV, get to the hotel. At this point, I am feeling absolutely miserable and I'm starting to get sick. I think I missed the Four Corners monument, the area where you can actually stand and put one limb on all four corners because I was so ill that I think I just stayed behind and was pretty much yakking in the parking lot. So at about 9.30 p.m., I am admitted to the Durango, Colorado Pediatrics Unit because I'm having 
numerous digestive issues, and I won't go into further detail, but you can imagine the types of experiments they would have to run to determine that I had an impact in my colon. Ew. Yeah. Again, you can use your imagination. You probably don't have to work too hard on that one. Needless to say, I spent, I was overnight in this hospital with my mother and they had to give me fluids and they had to give me all this stuff to get the impacted substance out of the way. And the biggest tragedy of all of this was the fact that I had a stuffed stegosaurus. His name was Max. And at some point, Max was displaced, whether that was whether that was the RV or the hotel or the hospital. To this day, we don't know. All I remember is I cried for about two days because Max was not there. My father had called all the hotels, the RV place, the hospital to try to locate Max, and he was never found again. So maybe think- that's what was in your colon. It could have been. I really don't know. But I ate a non-regulated cheese substance and ended up in the pediatrics unit overnight. Oof. So that that stands out to me as one of the worst meals I've ever had and lost my stuffed dinosaur to boot. I think the saddest part is the stuffed dinosaur. It really is. Yeah. Max, I miss you, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure Max is listening to the podcast. <laughs> yes, right now. He's somewhere in Durango. He's probably got a job and a family and I'm very happy for him. <laughs> So um, I'm not going to tell the story that the two of you think I'm going to tell, which to this oh, day, God. which to this day, my mom still <laughs> blames you, Travis, for me getting food poisoning. Look, you, you, you chose to eat chicken from a gas station. <laughs> I did not influence that decision at all. But the thing End is, the mom is always going to blame you for that. You know that, right? She's that you, always- yes, that you were, that you were literally throwing up yellow grease. That you was cute yellow grease the, the, like the off is, my off my deck. <laughs> the thing is, we had gas station chicken because it was the only place that was open Christmas Day. That's right, it was Christmas Day. It was Christmas oh. Day, and I just remember I had like three bites of this chicken and then just crawled up to the bedroom and died. It so it, it wasn't even the typical like time duration. Normally, you eat some some sort of. I've had food poisoning a couple of times. It's a couple of hours. You yeah. were sick in like 20 minutes. And it lasted. The force was strong with that one. Oh, and it oh yeah, and it hung on. Oh boy. Did I it remember hang on. and then then mom made me feel bad for having the food poisoning because for her birthday every year, our mom's birthday is the 28th of December. I got food poisoning on the 25th. And her birthday was three days later. And she's like, you have to come eat pizza with me. And I'm like, please, no. But I can't eat anything. But, and the other thing is, normally when you've got food poisoning, you retch everything out. The offending substance is gone and you feel better fairly quickly. Normally, now you feel a little drained because you throw up a lot. But normally, it's not something that makes you feel sick for days and days and days. And it did. I lost like seven pounds because of that. That's so, not recommended. <clears throat> uh, yes. No. So, uh, but what the story is that I'm actually going to tell involves Eli. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a few you could choose from, but I think I know which one you're going with. Begging your dearest pardon, but I believe that we must now pause our slap nuttery for an advertisement. <laughs> and we may now proceed. Okay, so uh, my stepson, Eli, was coming into New York. He's, I think, about 11 at this time, maybe 13. He pretty, pretty young. I can't remember quite the year that was, but he had come, he lives in Germany and he came over to America to hang out with me and Will and, you know, the family and stuff. So we thought, oh, let's go take him to go see the Newsies 
on Broadway. So I'm not afraid to name drop the restaurant because uh, it's a chain and everybody knows it. But so we go, we go to the Newsies. We have a great time. We're starving by the time we get out. So right down the street from the theater was Applebee's in Times Square. So it's not that busy because it's it's kind of the middle of the day. We went to the the matinee of the Newsies. And so we decided that we were going to get some food. So we go to Applebee's. It's not that busy. There are not a lot of people there. They take us to the second floor and it takes them 45 minutes to bring us water. Uh, the service was horrific. And I order my food and I'm so happy that they've got it because I am a basic, basic bitch. I loved the chicken fried chicken. So uh, Eli gets chicken strips. I get chicken fried chicken. And Will, I can't remember what you ordered. It was like the Buffalo Blast or something, something like that. But it takes them about 30 minutes to get our food out. And they keep pulling our server away to have meetings with them. So I don't know what's going on. No one's taking care of us. It takes us forever to get our food. And then Eli gets his food and he takes like two bites of it. And he's like, this is really gross. And I'm like, oh, bud, I'm sorry. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take you someplace else and get you food. So he takes a couple more bites and he's like, I think I can finish this. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to, we'll, we'll, we'll let the server know and then we'll, we'll take you somewhere else. So my food finally comes because we were trying to get Eli fed his food comes first. My food comes and I cut into it and hear a ka-chunk and I'm like, what the hell? I lift up my chicken and underneath my chicken is a full on screw. There is, there is a screw in my food. With a nut and a washer, if I recall correctly. Yes. A full on screw. Like my nut and washer. If the table is shaky, I can fix it now. So at that point we get up and we leave. Okay. This is not where I'm ending. I'm not going to say, oh no, you know, we we left, it was awful, whatever, you know? No, it gets even better because Eli's still, he's, his stomach is kind of grumpy. So we walk around the corner to the counter, which is a great restaurant. Love the counter. So happy it's out here. And we sit Eli down and we're about to order. And he goes, I don't feel so good. And I'm like, what's wrong, hon? He's like, my stomach really hurts. And Will goes into full parent mode. Like he picks up his wallet, he runs out, and he goes to like a Dwayne Reed down the street. It was a Dwayne Reed, yep. And and in this time, I'm just going to, I'm going to hand over the mic to Will to finish up what he walked in on, and then I'll fill in the blanks. So he goes to Dwayne Reed. What happens there, hon? So I depart the restaurant, and I'm looking for all the fare to address an upset stomach, Pepto-Bismol, you know, ginger ale, blah, blah, blah. So I'm you know, getting all the stuff and trying to get back to the restaurant as soon as possible. Upon passing the windows alongside the street where you go to the door to go into the restaurant, all I can see is my wife is gone. My son is gone. There is somebody cleaning up the area where our table is, and there is vomit all over the place. Everywhere. <laughs> so I have, needless okay. to say, a few questions. So when you left, your son turned into the exorcist. Well, I think was, we there was a dude like sitting like two tables down and it hit him. Like, I think from, from what I gathered, it was and it was the waitress was really sweet. She was trying to bring him like ice cream or something. Yes. And to make him feel better. But yeah. the thing is, he went to throw up. So he stood up and. I'm so sorry if you guys are triggered by vomit. I'm so sorry. He 
he put his hand over his mouth and tried to run into the bathroom, but it's New York. So they lock all the bathrooms. So you have to ask for the key. And so it's one of those moments where he freaks out. He's got his hand over his mouth and he has created like a hose pipe situation where instead of it just kind of like falling out of his mouth, it is now shot through his fingers and he got a good 10 feet with it and he just died. So finally they run over, they unlock the bathroom and I'm in the bathroom with Eli, like rubbing his back, like it's okay, bud, it's all right. And he has just lost it. It, when we got out there, it looked like a young priest and an old priest had been there and the devil was no longer there. And some poor busboy who drew the short straws and they're mopping everything up. And I'm like, oh my God. So <laughs> the worst meal I ever had took place in two different restaurants. And that's, that's my worst meal story. Like, yes, the food poisoning one was really bad, but it, uh, that can be encapsulated in two sentences, which is kids, period. Don't eat gas station chicken, period. Right. <laughs> you take nothing from this episode. All right. So those have been our worst meals. Uh, let's, what do we want to talk about now? Music videos or movie soundtracks? Ooh, let's do soundtracks. Okay. Soundtracks. Ooh. All right. So Mr. Will the Thrill, would you like hey, to take the lead? Actually, you know what? I want to, I'm going to go first. And I'm going to tell you why real quick. Okay. Because LD and Will are movie aficionados. Uh, that in, in some way is actually LD's profession. Will is also much more studied in cinema than I am. And they're going to say things like, well, you know, the reason I like this soundtrack is because it's a standalone piece of art and it tells a story in itself. And I'm going to say, I like it because it's badass. <laughs> I wish that I was actually that smart in coming up with my stuff, but so, I hate to disappoint, be, but mine, mine is, is as shallow as a bird bath and it's not going to take long. All right. So I'm just going to blow through mine real, real quick. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So first of all, um, this is one I'm, Fairly certain no one else is going to list. That would be the soundtrack to The Last Action Hero. Oh, that is a great soundtrack. Wow, that is a great soundtrack. So this was a not a, an odd flop of a movie for Arnold Schwarzenegger in the early 90s when everything he put out was a mega hit. And this one wasn't so much. But the soundtrack was excellent. It had Alice in Chains. It had uh, ACDC Big Guns, I think was the, the song. There were a couple of Alice in Chains songs. Megadeth, Tesla, uh, Two Steps Behind by Def Leppard was on there. Uh, the Real World by Queensryche was on that one. It was just a yeah. really, really good soundtrack. I really liked it. Yes, fully agree. Totally fine with that choice. You passed. okay? Uh, up next, how about The Crow? Oh, that's yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You need to have a chat with Mr. Will the Thrill. So you'll notice uh, some similarities, a pattern developing with mine, that being that I, I like soundtracks that have hard rock and heavy metal songs on it. Uh, this one had uh, what the big empty by stone temple pilots was on there. Nine inch nails had one rage against the machine was on there. Violent films, Rollins band helmet. It, it's just, it was a uh, mid nineties, heavy metal greatest hits album almost. Uh, and I really like that one. Now, now, is that one one you like too, Will? Yeah, and I, I, I'll mention as sort of an honorable mention when it comes to my list. But when I think of soundtracks that complement the mood and tone of a film to a T, that's one. I mean, 
it just nails it. I mean, it opens with burn by the cure and just goes from there. And it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one is this is this shows what I this shows what a common man I am when it comes to selecting uh, uh, favorite movie soundtracks. But I don't know how anybody could not like this one, and a bajillion people had it. That would be the soundtrack to Forrest Gump. We actually which, had a conversation about this, which is basically like they could have just called it everybody's greatest hits. Yeah, ostensibly. It had Bob Dylan on it. It had. Um, it, I have the track listing in front of me. Hound Dog, Rebel Rouser, Walk Right In, Land of a Thousand Dances, Blown in the Wind, Fortunate Son, I Can't Help Myself, Respect, Rainy Day Women, Number 12 and 35, The Sloop John B, California Dreaming, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, like, and on, and on, and on, and on. Yes. It, it, was, it was basically a giant chunk of, of American music that spanned the time of the movie. It was like the biggest hits from every year that that movie touches is pretty much present. Yeah, it was bonkers. Um, up next, I'm going to go with Pulp Fiction. That was on my list. Good uh, luckily, one. I luckily I overshot and made several choices. <laughs> okay, well, uh, and I'll actually let you talk about it again. It's just it has a lot of it, it's very eclectic. There are a couple of little movie clips on there which I enjoy. Um, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, uh, Zed's Dead, and then of course. Um, Royale with Samuel cheap. L. Jackson's Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. But you also have Royale Classic. with cheese on that. So like, yeah, Royale with cheese. I think actually foot massage, right? at the beginning. But yeah. it, it the, there's a lot of artists, and again a wide swath. Al Green, um, Dusty Urge, Springfield, Urge Overkill. Their their uh, version of Girl You'll Be a Woman Soon is fantastic. Dick Dale, Cool in the Gang, Chuck Dicky Dale. Yep. Uh, the tornadoes with you know that surf rock song it's just just again it's just i'll let you out you can get more into it i just really like that one. i mean well the thing about the pulp fiction soundtrack is number one tarantino is a genius on so many levels so many levels he's a genius the thing about his music is that this is not a typical score i actually tried to find if there was someone who was behind the score it's not it's all tarantino and yeah. so he he uses songs in a manner that not a lot of filmmakers were willing to try for he was taking songs that like like take when he goes to jackrabbit slums he could have done the twist twist and shout twist and throughout that he chose chuck berry's you never can tell right for them to twist to that would not have been anybody's 100th choice it was his first yep using dusty springfield gave that catapulted her back into the spotlight we did a whole series on dusty springfield and that was one of the moments that really energized her career he gives right. he gives his audience a look into something that they might not have ever considered and he makes them cool urge overkill you talked about did a cover of neil diamond's girl you'll be a woman and it is so sensual like it's he just uses music in such a way that that it doesn't, it, it elevates the piece. It, it actually makes it better. And that's what good soundtracks should do. It should invoke a feeling. It should introduce you to something new and it should elevate the piece. And with every piece of music in every film that Quentin Tarantino does, music is such an integral part of his filmmaking process that I don't think he could do anything other than 
just select the correct music. Like, I don't think he has got a bone in his body that could do wrong when it comes to music. And that was my, I'm off my soapbox. What's your next one? <laughs> okay. I was going to say, no, it, but the, his, you're right. The music in his films, the, the like three that I've ever seen, <laughs> um, that it, that they're an integral part of everything. They tell part of the story really. And, and uh, I agree with you on that. Um, the next one, I'm going to go back to my, my theme of, of hard rock and heavy metal soundtracks. I'm going to go with singles. Nice. Oh, nice. That um, again, that it, it's a lot of Ethan Hawke, correct? Yeah, it's very Seattle centric. Uh, Alice in Chains are on there, Pearl Jam, um, The Lovemongers, Mother Love Bone. Uh, Paul Westerberg has a couple of songs, Screaming Trees. You know, we just lost mm. Mark Lanigan, unfortunately. Um, uh, Nearly Lost You by them is on there. Uh, Billy Corgan has a song on there. It's just, I mean, again, it's just it's kind of a Seattle grunge and hard rock greatest hits and i really love uh, really really like that one the next two if you're me and you're just common guy who's picking soundtracks because there's good songs on them i think you, you're you're just being too cute if you don't take purple rain and saturday night favor okay fair, fair. um and i don't know if either of you pick either but you know purple rain it's it's prince it's darling nikki it's let's go crazy i would die for you when doves cry almost a prince greatest hits uh album and then saturday night fever is almost a disco bible heavy heavy on the bgs but you also get uh, the tramps casey and the sunshine band the fifth of beethoven thing is on there it's walter murphy i think did that you can pretend you don't like staying alive but you're fake everybody <laughs> loves staying alive come on because it's awesome i really didn't put mine in any order but these last three are probably my three favorite um i'm gonna hit you with oh brother where art thou we knew we knew that you were going to take that me and me and will actually had a conversation i was like yep. we know that tj is going to take oh brother where art thou we knew you were going to take uh pulp fiction those yep. are the two that we knew were like on your list and well, i have picks that spiral off of that so we will okay. continue that yeah um this is the funny thing about oh brother first of all i, I love that movie I love Oh Brother, eminently quotable. I, it, it, you can you could probably drop a line and I can pick up and do the dialogue from there to the end of the movie. I've seen it that many times. Yeah, it's all it's also one of those movies, and there are a couple of those. And I, another another one is of my, uh, is coming up on my list. I think for a long time, a lot more people had bought the soundtrack than ever bought a ticket to see it. <laughs> it was a much bigger hit initially. The soundtrack was than the movie was because I don't believe that was like a big box office hit or anything, but the soundtrack took off. And the weird thing is it is a very niche audience that you would be, be reaching with bluegrass and, and old timey folk music. But this, the, say, but I, the soundtrack sold 8 million copies. I'm going to say this. Uh, it is because of that film that we have overuse of saturated color because he went back in and colored everything so hyper jazzed that it actually caused a shift in the market. Okay. So I guess you may I as well be you... speaking Greek, but okay. <laughs> you you could be speaking in Esperanto or a language that twins teach to one another. <laughs> but this has you know music about you know Emmy Lou Harris. Allison Krauss and, uh, and Gillian Welch. You've got the Stanley brothers. I think you have just Charles Stanley singing Odeth. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Ralph, excuse me. It's Ralph, not, not Charles, Ralph, which is, which is featured very prominently in the movie, and it's chilling, it's, it's, and it's completely acapella. There's no music. It's just Ralph Stanley. 
singing Odeth, and it's it's fantastic. I've um, gotten a great appreciation for that song thanks to the the Dark Pictures Anthology series, which for each video game that they release, they have a different version of Odeth. And personally, my favorite is on their game Until Dawn. I think that's a beautiful rendition. Yeah, that and the, the one from Man of Adon is good too. Yeah, both of those and, are really good. Um, and didn't leave nothing but the baby on there. Allison Krause's voice is just chocolate chips floating in honey in a sea of sugar or something. Yeah. Oh God, her voice is amazing. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's 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 just start to finish. That is that. And again, that they took all this old timey. I mean, a lot of these songs are a hundred plus years old at the time. Uh, and the instrumentation is very sparse. It's it's old folk and gospel and bluegrass songs, and it was a mammoth hit. Um, so I, you know, just hat, hat tip to the Coen Brothers for well, everything about that movie. So, question: Is this the album you want to play a song from? No, we'll get there in just a second. Okay. Wow. Uh, number two for me is going to be Wayne's World. <laughs> we actually had a discussion about that one. Is like, has anyone picked Wayne's World? Because Again, a lot of heavy metal on there, but I listened to that so many times that I on cassette that I broke it and had to go buy another copy. <laughs> Actually, and why did this, you have to buy it? Because didn't we just steal it from the radio station? I think I'm putting buy in bunny ears. Like, okay, I plausibly <laughs> bought it. Um, we used to but, steal records from the radio station. They can't get us now. They closed. They're defunct. It, it's yeah. It's, it's, I would say they're defunct. It does. They went dark a long time the ago. The statue of limitations um, on us being arrested for stealing music is well. But, and it's, but it's it's so funny that in the middle of something that's got Rhino Bucket and Alice Cooper and Black Sabbath and the Chili Peppers, Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver, <laughs> Dreamweaver. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I love Gary Wright. This is really what helped start LD's borderline unhealthy obsession with Wayne because this is I believe the first this is where you heard Bohemian Rhapsody it, it it actually was and I remember when we were kids somewhere in your possession because you are a hoarder I know you have it I know you do somewhere in your house is a VHS tape and on that yeah, yeah. VHS tape is a video of you and me in your bedroom rocking out to Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was Brian May. I made yes. a guitar out of cardboard. <laughs> out of cardboard and a piece, of, a plastic piece of Hot Wheels racetrack, if I recall correctly. I, I believe you are correct. I think I hot glued it together. And if if you ever find that video, we need to put that out. The world. We, then we will. Then we will make it where everyone can see. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you will see that if, if that ever happens, you people will see one or two things. One, at one point, Lindley weighed 17 pounds, roughly. 19. And I, I, was, I was roughly the hue of mashed potatoes or marshmallows <laughs> or, or marshmallows in mashed potatoes. We're not, we're not a family that sees the sun a lot. Oh, boy. I was pale. <laughs> and had, had a terrible high school mustache and a ridiculous haircut and all that, all, the whole bit. But I, if I ever find it, I won't care. I'll put it out there. Um, and number one for me is she's the one because it's a Tom Petty album. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to discuss it because we talked about it plenty during our Tom Petty series, but it, it was, he basically, they, he was asked to write one song for a movie he sent them three to pick from. They wanted to use all of them and then said, hey, why don't you just, just do the whole thing? 
<laughs> and so it somehow became a Tom Petty album, and that's what we're going to listen to one off of. Okay, so what what would you like to listen to? This is going to be Will the Thrill Approved. This is uh, one of only two songs on the album that Tom didn't write. This is a remake of the Lucinda Williams banger, Change the Locks. Awesome. Change the name of this town. 
change the name of this town So good. He was just, I miss him. Terribly. Frequently. Absolutely. So anyway, there was my uh, not very fancy five list of uh, 10 soundtracks. That was a, that was a good list. Uh, it was also supposed to be five. <laughs> Ooh, was it really? About yeah. that. <laughs> Oops. I may get I some extra credit. I don't think limited ourselves to five. Did we, we do the homework assignment? I don't know. No, I, look, sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I don't do the assignments at all. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So with that, we have Mr. Will the Thrill. Why don't you go ahead with your list? I will. And speaking of not doing the assignment or <laughs> taking liberties with the assignment, mine is in chronological order of musical decade. Oh, wow. You are just so weird. Okay, go ahead. All right. So <laughs> now bear in mind, as I go through this, this is not necessarily the years that these films came out. Instead, it's the decade of the music they have in their film. So I do want to be clear about that. But the first one is time and place all in one i think we'd be remiss if we overlooked the graduate okay yeah absolutely I mean, um the the use of the sounds of silence by oh simon and garfunkel in that film are absolutely it, it chef's kiss and every song does it's the perfect and again, it's Paul Simon and our Garfunkel, so no surprise here. It's the perfect meeting of being too on the nose, but being atmospheric at the same time. And they Mrs. strike Robinson it just perfectly. Oh, so it's great. Yeah. Oh, yep. it's, it's a masterpiece in every way possible. Yep. Um, so that wraps up the 1960s. Uh, now we're moving on. <laughs> uh, we will get to the 1970s. So a very popular decade for movie soundtracks. And I'm going to spin off of two picks that you made, TJ. The first I'm going to go with the Coen brothers. You picked Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is a solid choice. I'm going to sort of piggyback on that one with one of my favorite films by the brothers, The Big Lebowski. Was that really supposed to take place in the 70s? Well, no, it takes place in the modern era, but the music okay. is oh, so very, there's a lot. to musical. Music, yes. Okay. Um, particularly the Kenny Rogers, see what condition my condition is in. So good. That's yeah, such oh a God, great scene. That's such a great scene. What makes me sad that kids today, or maybe it doesn't make me sad that kids today won't know who is handing the dude his shoes. Yeah, that'll get lost in time. Absolutely. That, that, that is now lost in time, which is probably good because you know he was a dictator and a despot. But anyway, 
but uh, it, it's not necessarily confined to the 70s. Again, there's songs by Nina Simone, Elvis Costello. It's just a fun soundtrack. And Coen Brothers are one of those auteurs who are really specific and, and I'd say enjoyable with their choices of music. So I'm going with The Big Lebowski uh, as one of my picks. Great soundtrack there. But, uh, and this TJ goes back to yours, you selected Pulp Fiction. Yep. It's hard to top that as far as notoriety and sales. And I don't think I'm going to, but I am going to pick its ancestor, Reservoir Dogs. Now, this film came out in 1992, and there is a brilliant framing device used in the soundtrack that plays very well to why the music is the way it is. And as you know, LD, you know, Tarantino is known for taking music from all over time periods and sort of smashing them together and creating sort of an out-of-time result. I actually have a funny story about like how he selected his music, not specifically for Reservoir Dogs, but for Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, yeah? Now, if you guys have ever watched Kill Bill Volume 1, there is this great scene with the Crazy 88s. When the bride walks in, there is a band called the One Two Three Fours, and they do a song. Now, he was in a store in, I think, like Kyoto or Tokyo or somewhere, he walked into like a little boutique shop and they were playing this music, which is like Japanese surf music. And he was like, who is this? I must have this. And the shop owner was like, oh, it's this band. And he ended up buying the CD from the store, like out of their CD player. Hmm. Like it wasn't a CD store. He just gave them money and then ended up using the song and the band in the film. So he actually pulls music from literally everywhere, from whether it's a shop or something that he had in his childhood. He's just got this great musical. I'm a little bit of a Tarantino file. Yes, clearly. <laughs> just look at our DVD shelf. Yep. Now, this film specifically has music all from the 70s. And I'm sure you guys know a lot of these. TJ, this, this is one you've seen, correct? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Okay. One day, I'm just gonna duct, uh, one day I'm just going to duct tape my brother to a chair and force him to watch all of Tarantino's films. The ones he wrote and the ones he starred in and the ones that he directed. <laughs> right. But uh, it's got, of course, an LD Yoma that's stuck in the middle with you, Little Green Bag, Magic Carpet Ride. I mean, it's all 70s. And the genius framing device that is used on the soundtrack is, if you'll remember, the DJ in the film is Stephen Wright. Oh, wow. And what he says at the beginning is, welcome to whatever the station is. This is your Sounds of the 70s Weekend, which thereby sets the entire context of the film and music within that it is a 70s weekend. It can take place at any time we want to decide. The music is an homage to the 70s, which I think is genius. All so right. Reservoir Dogs, that's okay. going to be cool. my topic there. Uh, I, of course, for the 1980s, I mean, let's be honest here, Purple Rain. I mean, how could yep. we not? It's, uh, I have just a few words for you, and those are Morris, Day, and the Time, folks. You're, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> which, by the way, yeah. Prince's estate just came out and told mm -hmm. Morris Day that he could no longer use his own name. Correct. He lost his name to Prince. Yeah. We, we posted an article about that on our Facebook page. If you're interested, I will be giving out our socials at the end of the episode. So uh, you might want to go over and check that out because that was news and noteworthy. Absolutely. And I do have to rock back one more because I do have one that's also 70s and I think it's other decades as well, but well, I would be- Well, ruined everything. I'm sorry? I said, well, now you've ruined everything. How have I? <laughs> oh, that was a joke. I'm sorry. I thought you were being serious. Um, <laughs> and that is, of course, the highest selling soundtrack without an original song, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Yes. 
I mean, when that came out, it was just crazy with Blue Swede, Norman Greenbaum. I think Bowie was on there. It was the highest yeah. grossing film soundtrack of all time without an original song or score. Correct. Yes. And a lot of that was from the 70s. So I, I have to jump back and to slot that in right above Purple Rain as we go down to well, the 80s. So no, no spoilers uh, for the film, but he does get kidnapped in the 80s. So it would make sense. Does. Yeah, so we can we can play that fast and loose. But when we get to the 80s, I think there's two standout soundtracks. I think you guys both know where I'm going with this. The first is, of course, The Wedding Singer. Okay. Two okay. volumes of just pure 80s magic. I mean, it is one of the greatest sum up a time period and get all the music to boot in that film. The Wedding Singer soundtrack, again, it was two volume CDs. People were buying them up in droves. It even included the Adam Sandler original songs on there. The only one that wasn't there was the version of Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Alexis Arquette. <laughs> so that was left off the soundtrack. The other is uh, from 1997, Gross Point Blank. I knew you were going to take that one. I got to. Um, for a number of reasons. I think one, it's, and it's also a similar framing device to Reservoir Dogs where they're home for the reunion and if you haven't seen this film, it's great. It's John Cusack, Minnie Driver, Dan Aykroyd. It's, it's just stellar on every level. And it's a wonderful snapback. But it's a reunion where they are in the 80s. And all of the music played is done from Minnie Driver's radio station, where they're doing a Sounds of the 80s weekend. So everything you hear, again, is sort of justified in doing that. And it's got Blister in the Sun. I can see Which clearly I now. Which I forget is mm -hmm. song. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been around forever. But I will give you a little fun fact. Fun fact. Many of you remember the infamous assassin in the film, Sidney Feldman, or so his name is. That gentleman is a very popular stuntman in the film industry in general. His name is Benny Urquidez, and he is an undefeated kickboxing champion. The guy has the most belts and has never lost a bout. <laughs> now, of course, he's he's much older and he does stunt work and choreography for films, but he was the assassin. So the famous gritty scene in the bathroom done to mirror in the bathroom where he fights John Cusack was Benny Arquides, who I had the privilege of studying martial arts with. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So I trained with the guy who trained Cusack and Patrick what? Swayze. He trained Patrick Swayze for Roadhouse. <laughs> so there you go. Um, little fun fact there for you. Next, we go to the 90s. And I think, TJ, you really got the meat of it. Wayne's World, I think, is probably one of the most 90s soundtracks out there, beaten only by The Crow, I'm going to say. Uh, the Crow is just a masterpiece. Oh, I'm going to have fighting words for you. The most 90s soundtrack. <laughs> well, I may, I may live to regret those words, Please but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my, up... I'll hold my sweet tea. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to bring up two. One that you guys know and one I'm sure you've forgotten about. Does anyone remember a film that came out in 1990? Oh, it was 1992 or 93 called Judgment Night? No. I've, I've heard of it. Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooden Jr., and the bad guy is Dennis Leary. Oh, hey. The whole concept is it's these guys going to see a boxing match, and basically they're, they take an RV. Oh, Jeremy Piven's in it. It gets derailed. They witness a murder, and the, the guy who committed the murder is like Dennis Leary's trying think, to, to kill I think him. what the 90s taught me was never do anything with Jeremy Piven. Yeah, it's just bad news. <laughs> Unless it's PCU. Like, yeah, well, no, it's very bad things. Just oh, not yeah. a movie I want to live. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> 
But uh, anyway, this soundtrack is just a banger and it's really embracing the whole hip hop metal sort of fusion. You had Run DMC, you had Onyx and Biohazard, you had Faith No More. Uh, TJ, I'm, I'm telling you, look up this soundtrack, man, if you haven't yet. It seems like it's really be sounds in your like, wheelhouse. Yeah, it sounds like something I'd like for sure. Yeah, uh, it's called Judgment Night. Again, the film came out in the early 90s. Check that out. But that's not the main film I'm going to focus on. I got to drop my home state card here. Clerks, 1994. Yeah. Is that what you are going to play? I am. And do you know which song I'm going to select? Chewbacca, What a Wookiee. By Supernova. I can't let this one go by. Yes. I got it right. We are going with Chewbacca. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Hang on. And that was the whole song. Wow. Yep. Chewbacca. It's amazing. You know, it just tried to autoplay to bad lip readings. Seagulls, stop it now. That's what it went to? That's what it went to. Anyway. I am up, eh? Oh, I didn't do my number one. Hey. Oh, I thought Clerks was your number one. Nope. I have one more after that, but I had to play Chewbacca. And everyone listening will understand why. Uh, (laughs) Clerks soundtrack was brilliant. And also it integrated like Tarantino movies dialogue from the film along with the song so you bought the soundtrack you got those clips too and also the bands like alice in chains on there soul asylum love among freaks i mean girls vs. boys just a fun soundtrack my number one is going to an all original soundtrack and ld you know where i'm going with this one it comes from the great edgar wright oh scott, scott pilgrim versus the world yeah fair every piece on it you hear is original to the film and it has one of the best running gags in the entire world of cinema, I think, is they're constantly making comments in the movie about how, oh, the band has a girl drummer. The band has a girl drummer. Well, in the film, every band has a female drummer. And yep. it's just a pervasive joke. Brilliant cast. Um, what's her name? Allison Pill is just a gem. Kieran Culkin steals the movie in his, what, 20 minutes of screen time. Um, everybody. Jason Schwartzman. It's just a brilliant movie. Again, great music, great time, fun film, 2010, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It was Mary Elizabeth Winstead as well, oh, right? She's gold. Yeah, absolutely. She's awesome. Um, yeah, good list. Good, solid list. Um, I think you went a little bit farther with the assignment, trying to get extra credit from the teacher with the, I'm just going to name all the decades. I didn't do that because pretty much my entire list is firmly rooted in the 1990s. That happened organically. <laughs> and that actually did happen organically. I did not just go, what movies were in the 90s? So um, my first one 
is actually Romeo plus Juliet or Romeo and Juliet. I don't know how Boz Lerman intended you to say that, but that soundtrack was amazing. It was rooted in my car stereo for the majority of my freshman and junior year. That has garbage, Everclear, Radiohead, Desiree, Butthole Surfers. It is amazing. Every track on that is so good. If you ever want to root me in the spot where I'm at, just put this soundtrack on and I'll be like, I'm just going to sit here till it's done playing. I love it. Local God's amazing. Desiree's Kissing You is beautiful. And again, it fits perfectly with every single scene. Young Hearts Run Free was great. Kissing You for the love scene, like when they meet each other for the first time. Uh, Garbage's I Would Die For You. Oh, everything is just so good on that soundtrack. I love it. The next one that I chose, I feel like my brother might have seen this. TJ, did you ever see a movie called Boogie Nights? Uh, no. Oh, that is wow. definitely one that I've got to sit you down and 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 get you to watch. It is amazing. And you like Heather Graham, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Who well, well, here's the thing. Uh, here you go, TJ. Heather Graham's in it, and she's naked. So tell me again why you hadn't seen this movie. I'm, um, hang, hang on one second. How to watch Boogie Nights for free online right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Boogie Nights has got one of those soundtracks like from the very beginning. Actually, the opening shot of Boogie Nights takes a page out of another film that I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But Boogie Nights, Anderson had a great way of incorporating all of the songs from that time period. They, he took that time period and just went, what's the best music? And encapsulated it. It's got The Emotions, Best of My Love, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. It's got The Commodore's Machine Gun. And it has got maybe, arguably, my top two favorite uses of a song in a film ever. And that is when it's um, Doc Ock. Alfred Molina. Okay, yeah, thank you. It's Alfred Molina in a scene as a drug dealer. And he's got this guy in the back that's like throwing these little poppers. And the scene just builds and builds and builds and builds and there's so much tension and it's all underscored by sister christian by night ranger (laughs) it's knowing that they're there to steal from him correct yeah and the tension builds and you guys so nerve-wracking it is it is one of those those scenes where you just watch you're like oh god please just walk out your skin crawls yeah yeah the whole time and it's 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 such a great use of sister christian All right, so my next one is Clueless. It's a good choice. Solid Uh, 90s choice. Yes, it is. Very solid 90s choice. That's got Kids in America, Supermodel by Jill Sobel, Coolio, Mighty Mighty Boston's, and for some reason, Radiohead, which also had a song in Romeo and Juliet. So apparently I really liked Radiohead and just like walked away from that at some point. (laughs) Well, they were huge in the 90s at that point. I mean, massive. Yeah, you got the Mighty Mighty Boston's, but then- Dear Will the Thrill. Mm. They actually have a song by the Beastie Boys on their soundtrack. Clueless? Yes. They have Mullet Head. Nice. I forgot yeah. about that. 
They yeah. coined the term mullet, right? They did coin the term mullet. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the next one that I'm going to talk about. So Clueless, I mean, if you guys haven't seen Clueless, that's another one of those Hallmark films you need to watch. Um, it's Alicia Silverstone is perfect. Brittany Murphy is just this beautiful, sweet ingenue. Like, I love her. And then it's got one of my favorite people of all time, which is Paul Rudd. And uh, the ever-sensual Wallace Shawn, that sexy, sexy man. Anyway, if you guys don't know who Wallace Shawn is, he is Vincini in The Princess Bride. <laughs> you fools! That's another great soundtrack. Iconic an, role. That is another great soundtrack done by one person alone. Well, think of who that one person is. I mean, Mark Knopfler. Yeah, he can do it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I actually collectively lost all of my shits when I saw him perform that song live. Which one? A uh, storybook story. Oh, he performed it when you went to Berkeley? Yes. Oh, nice. It was amazing. Cried a little. I lost it. So, uh, yeah, Clueless is one of those just films that if you were a kid in the 90s, you had, you've seen. Like, everyone I know had seen Clueless. And uh, if you want to know, it's on HBO. I've left it for our cat to watch a couple times. Cheddar really does like it. I think it's because he matches <laughs> Alicia Silverstone's skirt. So I'm sure he has his reasons. Yeah. The next one I chose is, and I'm shocked that my brother didn't pick this, but then I figured he might not have just seen it, which was Dazed and Confused. That's a um, I, I have seen it and I almost put that one, but for some reason I just left it off. But I actually had like 12 or 13, but I was like, eh, I'll just read 10. Oh, you see my video. My video list is like three pages. <laughs> yeah. So Dazed and Confused, great film. That's literally every person that's famous now was in that movie before. Like it, Parker Posey, Ben Affleck, uh, what, Milia Jokovic is in it who else uh, like everyone's in it every but uh it was all right all right all right it was that, Matt McConaughey. That's, that's matthew mcconaughey like that was one of his roles it's great um but the soundtrack has alice cooper deep purple war kiss cherry bomb by the runaways i mean it's just a great soundtrack just which is also one. which is also on the guardian soundtrack isn't it uh cherry bomb cherry bomb yeah i think it I might think it's be guardians volume one yeah yeah, I have both of them. I need to check that out. But yeah, The Guardians was a great, great soundtrack. Great choice. That one was another one that just kind of encapsulated that time period that the film took place in. And it did really well, especially use of war and kiss. And, you know, it, it, that, that music helped as a framing device for the film that firmly rooted you in the 1970s. It is great. Uh, the next one I picked, uh, I really don't have any words for. I just picked Scarface. Oh, good one. Okay. The the overture, the that 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 whole thing, so great. But then you had songs like uh, "Rush, Rush to the Yayo." You had "Rush, Rush to the Yayo." Blondie, like Blondie, I think is Blondie's the only one that I recognized, but as an artist, but like they just like the music that was in it was just awesome. That's pretty much it. Few soundtracks identify the cocaine 80s as well as that one. I mean, it is perfect. Agreed. Fully agreed. Also, it doesn't hurt that like Scarface is one of my favorite films of all time. Don't count at all. Again, if you want to just root me in one spot for three hours, just put Scarface on and I will watch it. The whole thing. Uh, and then the other one I picked was Goodfellas. 
Okay. That was another one of the best uses of a song in a film ever, period, point blank, fight me, was Derek and the Domino's Layla. Absolutely. The scene where they find all the bodies and it's just the piano overture. And similar to Forrest Gump, it covers multiple decades. Yes. We had Cream, Derek and the Dominoes, Aretha Franklin, Bobby Darren. Like it's, that was what, th- uh, three decades? I think it's uh, 30 years, yeah, give or take. Something, something like that. But yeah, that was, that is such a good soundtrack. Again, it's not, the music isn't distracting. It adds to the atmospheric feel of that movie. And the fact that you had Bobby Darren in it, didn't he have mob ties or am I speculating and I'm not? I don't know much. I don't know enough about Bobby Darren outside of his music to say, so I'm not really sure. For some reason I thought, and and correct me if I'm wrong, universe, that Bobby Darren was the inspiration for the kid in the movie, The Godfather, where it says this, this, contract yeah, will either, mm-hmm. this contract will either end up covered in your signature or your blood. I don't know if that was Darren, though. I can't remember if it was Darren or not. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, that was not uncommon. Please don't sue time. us. Yeah. People from Bobby Darren's camp, please don't sue us. I don't actually know. I could have or, Googled. I didn't Google. Or the American Mafia. Please don't come after us. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, please, please don't. I mean, we're an insignificant little podcast. Just, yes. uh, just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. We're, uh, we're harmless. We promise. Yes. I, I don't know anything. But the one that I want to talk about the most, the one that I adore, the fact that I know my brother has probably never seen this movie will be a complete shock to him. But the fact that I don't think Will had even seen it till I introduced it to him, which is a damn shame, is Empire Records. Good choice. I have actually seen Empire Records, believe it or not. Have you? You know, it yeah. was it was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. But it's supposed to take place in New Jersey, isn't it? Yes, because he's supposed to right. go to Atlantic City in the beginning. Right. Now, the interesting thing about the Empire Records soundtrack, from what I understand, was they wanted to create a movie based on music. So they actually put together the soundtrack before they even wrote the first line of the movie. I could be wrong about this, but you know what? The internet is always right, right? Right? Sure. (laughs) Anyway, they've got the Cranberries. They've got Gin Blossoms. They got Better Than Ezra. It does not get much more 90s than the soundtrack to Empire Records. It is angsty, teen, moody, grungy, love it. At one point, Guar makes an appearance in the film. Guar. 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 Ah! Yeah, he takes the special brownies. You know what that means, extra sugar. I don't think that's what it means, Eddie. But uh, I'm actually going to, this is the one that I chose to play my song to because what I'm going to play you is actually Coyote Shivers and Renee Zellweger. (laughs) Oh my. Doing my favorite song from the album, This Is Sugar High. And I'm actually going to play the scene from the movie that it appears in. Freaking love this. Oh, 
You won't regret it, Mitch. Asshole. All right, that was Sugar High. And I'm just like gushing because number one, it's like so quintessential 1990s, but it also has Liv Tyler, uh, what's his, uh, Debbie Mazar, Ethan Embry, Robin Tooney. uh, Oh my gosh, it's it's got so many like staples of the 90s and Liv Tyler is so pretty. Um, And then that was of course, Renee Zellweger. And I chose that version because if you use, if you take the version that is actually on the soundtrack, it's just Coyote Shivers and it doesn't have Renee Zellweger. That's why I chose to actually use the clip from the movie because I wanted you to hear Renee Zellweger's voice. I'm surprised they didn't include that on the soundtrack. It seems like a big whiff. Yeah, it was, eh, dude, this film is just everything to me. And uh, there was massive news in the Broadway community. I think prior to the pandemic, for some reason, I feel like it's prior to the pandemic, but that they were doing a workshop of Empire Records on Broadway. And I was seriously like, shut up. Here's my social security number. You can take it and open up as many credit cards as you want and use it for whatever. I don't care. Take all of my money. (laughs) I would be the first person in the front row on opening night to see that show. I love Empire Records. So that is my top nine list, I think. 
Um, hang on, I had uh, Empire, Romeo. So, so none of us really did the assignment as as uh, no, not, not one of them. <laughs> We've all I failed. Like a top eight. <laughs> um, yeah, and my top five music videos is actually seven. Uh, mine's a tad longer. All right, keep it to seven. Okay. I, I actually, I actually followed the assignment and only picked five for that. But holy cow! I I did not. <laughs> All right, so who wants to go first for music? No, okay, but before we go first, I should say, guys, uh, when uh, this went out, when I when I chose this, I literally told them, no Michael Jackson and no OK Go. Number one, Michael Jackson, I have seen every one of his music videos, and if I watch another one, my eyes will literally fall out of my face. I can't, I can't watch another Michael Jackson music video. He's a genius. They're amazing. I love him. Love him to the moon. But if I could, I would just make a top five list of the best Michael Jackson music videos of all time. And then what are we even here for? So I almost did a top five of just Spike Jones music videos as well. I mean, it's not, you could still do it and easily do it and not touch on the same artist twice. Exactly. I I actually almost put in Bjork's It's So So Quiet and Praise by Fat Boy Slim. um, I would just say that uh, the assignment was actually videos that made an impact on us, right? It's not just ones we like or anything. Yeah, it's it's music videos that that meant something to you that made an impact, which I could have picked. I could have picked Man in the Mirror and I could have picked Black or White. Sure. Praise you. I could have picked specifically based on the merit that it was the idea of it was that it was a community musical group doing a flash mob in front of a theater. And just the element of guerrilla filmmaking that Spike Jones showed in that wasn't was astonishing. So I could have chosen that one, but I didn't. I lost cool. my brother. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, well, how about since T did the assignment correctly, why don't we start with you? Okay, uh, my, I'm, I'm going to go through mine really quickly. The first one for me is one by Metallica. Oh, good one. That was actually for a couple of reasons. No shit, that's on my list. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it, it was my introduction to Metallica. Um, this was just around the time that uh, I, I was able to listen to something other than Magic ninety six, which was an oldie station that our mom made us listen to all the time. Harriet Coffee. Yes, with Harriet Coffee. I, 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 but I was. Um, this is when I was starting to find my own music and starting to watch MTV a little bit. And, and, and this is when I was discovering Van Halen and Tom Petty and all this stuff. And I saw that video and I was a big horror movie fan anyway. And it, it, it was almost like a, like, a, like a short horror film, to be honest with you. And the other thing is, it, so it, first of all, it, it introduced me to Metallica and then I it became a huge Metallica fan. And it's, it's one it, that stands still maybe as my favorite song of theirs. And, uh, and Justice for All probably neck and neck with the Black Album for my favorite album of theirs ever. Uh, but the other thing is, it, it intersperses clips of this, this uh, I think, kind of obscure movie called Johnny Got His Gun. Yep. And it is disturbing. I've, I've seen that movie. It's weird and creepy as hell. Um, actually, they... I've read the book. Okay. I've read the book. I've watched the movie. And I've seen the Metallica video. It was actually, uh, Metallica's one is on my list. Okay, and, so all, all three of us happen to be fans of um, video reactors on YouTube. Yeah, There's a sure. couple that yeah. we all like. We all like uh, Jamel, we all, aka Jamal. We all, I think, are fans of No Life Shack. There's yeah. one I've started watching recently called The Charismatic Voice. I've heard and of them. She, okay, so she is an opera singer. So it's her largely reacting to 
pop rock and metal stuff she's never heard before and she it's it, a it's kind of funny to have a studied opera singer reacting to metallica <laughs> but she, that movie moved her there or that video moved her almost to tears yeah the if you guys don't know what johnny got his gun is about it was about a guy who goes to war and during the war he steps on a landmine he blows off his arms his legs his ears his uh his throat i think collapses and he has no eyes so he can't see talk feel nothing he's in a bed and he's just a torso and his face is covered in like this almost like fencing mask sort of yeah so he has no way to communicate except for he knows morris code and the whole crux of the thing is that he wants to die because what he is is not in his opinion human anymore from his so from his his state of being in a coma he communicates over and over to the doctors kill me kill me kill me kill me via morse code and they don't so a nurse a nurse attempts to she stopped from doing that and he's basically just left there and has no idea that he's been left there alone and, and it's the a whole movie, most of the about the latter half of the whole thing takes place in his head basically and, and it's, it's it, yeah the, well the song obviously kind of matches that and it matches up so well you would almost think that like the song was on the movie soundtrack but it, it's not or, or that the song was written specifically for the film and again it's not they just mesh so perfectly and it's again it's really creepy and very disturbing but but the tone of the music and the lyrics and everything matches up almost perfectly with the clips they use you are just it's such a a disturbing view of course the 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 book itself that it's based on is anti-war of course right and so it was actually i think banned in a couple states um but it's one of those books that the book actually makes more sense than the movie does. Okay. And, but either way, you walk away and it's just disturbing. And it's one of those movies that, or it's one of those music videos that moves you to be like, what, what did I just watch? What is the state that we're in? What can I do? Because you're just left yeah, yeah. so hopeless. And the yeah. entire album, the And Justice for All album, whole concept is what happens in the event of another world war. It's sort of a, a warning tale by Metallica, and it's it's meant to be a start to finish story. So right, it's yeah. kind of it, it is it is kind of a concept album. Sort Absolutely, of. Um, yeah, I would argue that I love, it is. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it, and that's that that again that's neck and neck probably with the Black Album or my favorite album of theirs ever. Um, very much along the same line, so there's not really a lot of reason uh, need to talk about it. Is is um, my next one will be Jamie's Got a Gun. Good one. That was almost on my one. list. Great um, one. because Great storytelling. It, and one of the reasons is a it's 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 so atypical of Aerosmith for starters, which is normally a a party uh, band that did lots of mostly comical videos. There was a humor element to to uh, to most of theirs, so it stood out for that reason. I love Aerosmith, I love the song, um, but it 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 showed that you could use a video to tell a cohesive story and and not necessarily a pleasant one. Because yeah. I mean, you, you have this. That's that's it's about a, a father, like, you know, raping his daughter and she kills him. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is about as heavy a subject matter as you could possibly tackle. So, uh, but that one, and it, it's just, but again, it's almost a mini movie to to me. 
Um, I can't do one of these lists without putting Hurt by Johnny Cash on it. I'm sorry. Funny um, enough, that was actually the number two best album of best, sorry, best music video of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. I disagree with them. It's number one, in my opinion. They, they actually put Beyonce's formation at number one. So well, they suck. Uh, Johnny, that's fine. But uh, Johnny's is that to me is a, it's it's a piece of art it's very it's super impactful it, it makes me emotional when i watch it even now i've seen it hundreds of times um you can watch video reactors watch it and most of them cry yeah when they see it it's, you made me cry the just, first time i ever watched it because you had taped it onto a vhs cassette and made me watch it and i sat there and cried and bawled yeah, yeah. yeah. um it, it's just you see the juxtaposition of the young strong johnny cash stomping out the footlights and you know he's well you know walking you know strutting about with his chest poked out and then you know contrasted with him now or at the time a frail old man who was about to die and it really when it really gets me is when they used to, they put the clips of the passion film in there that john made that like i'm done then you already had me and and now jesus jesus is being crucified yeah <laughs> i can't deal with this 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 is more than I can handle, but it just but in a good way, and it's just you know that's what the art should do to you. Are you right? crying it right now? You. No, no. But I mean, if I watched it, I would get emotional. I'm telling you. Even I've seen the thing a, a hundred times, and then I'll just throw out a couple of other ones. Um, I'm gonna say "Express Yourself." Okay. <laughs> yep, I remember that one. Partly because it showed me that you could that that sex could be used um for something other than titillation in a video. It, it could be yeah. used for a reason but okay. she also looks really but she also looks really hot in it and um my last one there's my one misogynistic showed, brother <laughs> well no i'm just saying no i'm saying that there's that it's not just like oh look madonna's neck and it's hot like there's a like there's there's a point to it that, that it didn't just have to be for titillation purposes or whatever because the guess. other one was but, uh what was it justify my love was yes also, yeah I, absolutely but also um she she looks hot and then finally <laughs> One that just showed me for the first time, you could just be stupid and do a silly mishmash of weird images and just, and it, it looked like a video that I could have made myself. <laughs> it's Punk Rock Girl by the Dead Milkman. Oh, I love the Dead Milkman. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. But that video, it looks like I could have made that with my camcorder when I was 12. Oh, it's so funny. It's got a Mojo Nixon lookalike. Not even Mojo Nixon himself. It's a dude that looks like him playing him well so mojo, mojo couldn't have been busy that day like you could have just got mojo next <laughs> and how many other people would even know know what mojo looked like i did because i like mojo nixon but <laughs> um so we're not actually going to play any of the music from the the videos because the, the focus is the videos what we're going to do is uh if you are interested in watching one of our picks we will be posting our own personal like favorite one on our facebook so yes you know, uh, the, because uh, specifically, like, it's a great song, but the whole reason why we're picking it is because the video had an impact. Oh, the video, right. So, so, Mr. Will the Thrill, would you like to give your music video choices? Sure, I would. And I do, and I wasn't kidding when I say this, have about three or four pages written. So I had to cherry pick the top seven, which should have been a top five. So I clearly blew the assignment, but that's not the point. Yeah. So let's jump in here. Uh, let's go to... I would say I'm going to start with, again, I'll rattle these off fairly quickly. The moment I realized that music videos were more about a band just standing there playing their songs or concert footage or anything like that. The first one for me that really tripped that switch was 1994's I Stay Away by Alice in Chains. 
okay. I'm sensing a theme, especially since after we finish our 632,486 <laughs> million whatever episodes on Michael Jackson, our next subject is Lance Daly. It will be, yes. That was the first video, and I think I've shown it to you. It's one with the claymation, the boy at the circus opens the fly jar, and it basically destroys the circus. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, there's something just haunting and creepy, but for me, it was, wow, this is just a totally different story based on this song, and it was really interesting, and uh, I will give a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, that song is actually not about what most people think it is. A lot of Lane's work does pertain to, unfortunately, his addiction. And we'll actually talk about that at length when we get to the series. This one is actually about the termination of a relationship. Well, interesting. And many, many believe it was actually with the co-founder and guitar player, Jerry Cantrell, with which he had sort of a split. So anyway, fun fact there about that. Okay. The other one I'm going to bring up at risk of losing our entire audience comes from Nickelback. Wait, hear me out. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna back I'm gonna back okay. Will Grill up. Okay. Nickelback's music does kind of suck, but the music videos are friggin' art forms. They're they amazing. do have amazing videos, yeah, and they're of course much maligned band from the aughts. Uh, as you said, LD, the music. Well, people have their opinions. I've always labeled them as harmless. I'm not yeah. going to go out of my way to listen yeah. to them, but they don't offend me. And uh, the lead singer is married to Avril Lavigne. That's right. I forgot about that fun little. That's a fun fact. In fact, he was married. After mm-hmm. I don't nice. think they're married anymore. I think they divorced. Yeah, they were at some point, though. Needless to say, the video I have selected out of their compendium of what is a really good library of good music videos is Saving Me. Yeah. Great yeah. concept. Very cool concept. Uh, I will probably want you to include that link just because a lot of people may not know it. And I don't want to explain the concept because it almost ruins it. So I'll let you watch it and enjoy. Well, you can, you've got fingers. You can post it on Facebook. Just watch me. (laughs) You got fingers in the password. Go for that. I will do it. All right. Next one also is in a similar artistic vein. I believe LD, you and I have viewed this one several times. That is Knives Out by Radiohead. Yeah. Yep. That's That's the one in one take through the the TV in the hospital. Yeah. That one's really good. Yes. Outstanding achievement directed by Michelle Gandry, who also directed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Hey, I was an extra in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to meet Kate Winslet in the bathroom. (laughs) Anyway, great video. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, That's Knives Out by Radiohead. When was that? I can't remember what album. I don't think it was OK Computer. I'll have to look that up. I don't have the album written down, but it was like late 90s, early aughts Radiohead. Great song and good album. Good, Good video. Now I'm going to go into a more emotional vein here, ones that sort of impacted me on an emotional level. The first one, and I know TJ, you will approve of this. You actually brought up the soundtrack earlier. She's the one, Tom Petty's Walls. I, I almost picked um, It's Good to Be King by Tom for my list, but I, I discussed Tom at such length in his videos when we did the series on him, I decided to just skip that, but that's an excellent pick and a great video with about a two nanosecond long cameo from Jennifer Aniston. That is correct. There's just something, again, I can't identify about that video that just, it's it's lingering and it's bittersweet. And when he passed, I actually watched that video as soon as I heard the news. I punched it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's oddly somber to be as colorful and have some kind of funny images about it. But it's, it, it's, there's something about it that, yeah, it's just, it's an oddly somber thing. Yeah. In spite of all that. Yeah. And since we're staying in the oddly somber vein, my next pick actually comes to us from an artist we talked about previously, Mr. Billy Joel. 
Now, many of you know Billy Joel and his body of work. He was a mainstay in our house, and we would often listen to him on car trips. Now, there was a song on the Nylon Curtain album called Goodnight Saigon. LD, I know you guys know it. And as many of you know, my father is a veteran of the Vietnam War. He would get very quiet when that song came on. And I remember, LD, when we went to Washington, D.C., we went to Arlington Cemetery, and he went to the wall, and he obviously found individuals that he knew on that wall and then we witnessed the changing of the guard the second infantry remember that at the tomb of the unknown soldier um both me and your mother irrationally cried oh yeah i just remember my father standing completely still the only motion i saw him make was he reached up one time and wiped one eye and didn't bat an eyelash just kept looking yeah so I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but, and, and if you've heard the lyrics, the song is very moving. It is about obviously soldiers being deployed to Vietnam and sort of what happened over there. So to a very somber pick and as a sort of tribute to my father and all those who do serve, I had put Goodnight Saigon on there by Billy Joel. Excellent choice. Excellent, excellent yeah. choice. So um, I'm going to do a complete 180 for that and bring up a song that uh, impacted me as a young man. TJ, I know you're with me on this one. Hot for teacher. Oh, Van oh yes. I mean, it, that's this, that's yeah. this. Yeah, everything about that. And again, we talked about that during our Eddie Van Halen series, but mm-hmm. that that video just screams 80s good time rock. And they set the bar like way, way high with that one uh, in terms of the big concept video mm-hmm. I, I don't and i don't know that anybody ever touched them in that respect and you had the band dancing synchronized and it was like you guys do this and dave just be dave <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be dave. And, but you also see when you watch that alex cannot dance oh he, he has can. no clue what he's doing he's a drummer it's the biggest irony of all he yeah, has no like rhythm think, yes but you have no rhythm you can't dance eddie was okay and you know dave is michael dave. Yeah, michael good yeah. eddie good yeah. and dave did what dave does but yeah alex could not dance. yeah what's what dave does is called pulling focus <laughs> you mean being dave yeah yeah <laughs> Doing scenery that's that's what dave does Doing scenery and i will round out my list folks y'all know this where this is going i limited myself to one spike jones and one spike jones only so if i had to pick one gun to my head you know i'm going with sabotage yup yeah. I mean, great video. Yeah, great video, great time. I mean, if Hot for Teachers kind of the party 80s, this is almost like the party 90s with a bit of a ironic twist on it. So yes. uh, that's number one for me, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Yes, and I, I would say that uh, real quick because I, I had I concocted my list rather hastily <laughs> because I've been busy and I didn't have a lot of time to ruminate on it. There's one that just popped in my head. I just have to say out loud, uh, that would be All I Want Is You by YouTube. Oh, that is a good one. There. That is a fantastic video. That's that's maybe my favorite song of theirs, and that is without question one of my two. Or, eh, they've had so many good ones, but that's that's right up there. But yeah. that one is just it, it's so bizarre and wonderful. It is that that is like a Fellini movie. That is. <laughs> yeah. LD, did you stop for a second? You're like there. Yeah. No. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, that's all. I, I just wanted to throw that one extra in, a little uh, honorable mention, because a few have popped in my head since I've read mine and but I'm not going to do any more but I did want to mention that one number one I would like to say that Will stole sabotage because I was like what about sabotage and then he stole it from me uh and I feel like I have to give it to him because it's the Beastie Boys but anyway I liked that music video and it was awesome uh but I'm a little shocked you did not also go with weapon of choice it, it was one Spike Jones. I had to pick one fair enough yeah all right so my list I'm going to come out kicking and screaming 
and I'm shocked that my brother did not choose this, which would be Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer. Oh, see, again, oh. my list was hastily constructed. And yes, that, that 100%, there's three videos from around the same time, all contain some kind of animation that I should have thought of and I didn't. And that's one of them. Yeah, it's uh, the impact that it had on me as a kid was seeing things that I had not seen done in a music video or in film period, which were like he he had to sit still for something like 18 hours continuously. And they built trains around his head. He's got this suit of made of stars and it's <laughs> just it is one of the most inventive music videos I've ever seen. And it's stuck with me since the first time I saw it. Like me and my brother watched yep. this music video in friggin' awe. It was, it was like a whole new world opened up to us. And it was like, oh, it's just not a person singing. And another, and another video that he made out of that same album is almost as good, big time. Yeah. Mm. It's all that's almost as good as Sledgehammer, not quite, but it, it's those those two were, yeah. That album is a banger, isn't it? It it is. Yeah, yes, it's just it crazy. Sure is. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, the next one I have that it shouldn't be a shock to anybody, because I literally posted an article about it, I think two or three days ago, would be Guns and Roses November Rain. Yep, good choice. I thought uh, about putting um, Welcome to the Jungle on my list, just oh, by the way. but Yeah, uh, well, November Rain is, I think, something like seven and a half minutes long. It tells a story of love and loss, and Slash has a the most banging guitar solo, arguably Fight Me, uh, in music history. In that music video, the dude dives through a cake. Now, what impact it had on me as a, as a viewer was... I could see the beginning and the middle and the end of the story. It was, it was perfect storytelling. There were three acts to it and it was great. And it was one of those things where I could watch it as just like a mini film and understand the story completely. And I love that. The next one I picked was because I have, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've talked about this a lot, but you guys, my whole life is based in fear. Like I love horror movies. Last night I fell asleep to Rosemary's Baby <laughs> a couple nights ago, I fell asleep during The Exorcist. Uh, we, I play nothing but horror-based games. So Until Dawn, Man of Madon, uh, Fatal Frame, Bioshock to a certain extent. Like I love horror films. I love ghost hunting. It's what one of my little extracurricular activities. I actually do paranormal investigations. I will go into buildings and hunt ghosts for fun. Fun fact about LD that you probably didn't know. Fun so fact. One of the best horror-based music videos, in my opinion, is Apex Twins' Come to Daddy. It's just disturbing. And that is probably going to be the one that I choose to post on Facebook because it is disturbing and I love it. The monster at the end with the old woman is fantastic. The creature design is great. They have these little kids in human grown man masks and it's terrifying and i love it so thank you apex twins the next one i chose should not come as a shock to anybody who knows me that would be meatloafs i would do anything for love but i won't do that that was on yeah. my list did you guys know i was gonna pick it oh yeah that's why i backed <laughs> off I, I i i intentionally steered away from meatloaf because i knew you would pick one yeah 
Yes, it's phenomenal. It's got it's again, it's kind of like November Rain in the sense that it tells the story from the beginning to the end. It's about this guy who is basically the blame for murder is placed on him. So he goes into hiding because he is what considered to be a monster physically. And this beautiful woman comes into his castle and he's watching her from this goblet and they fall in love with each other and he turns into meatloaf. So it's beginning, middle and end. The song's a banger. Of course it is. It's meatloaf. But the, the music video was amazing. And then they ride off into the desert on his motorcycle. Mm, R.I.P. Loaf. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, just for the spectacle of it all, my next one was Weezer's Buddy Holly. That's a great video. That's a great video. Yeah. Loved it. It showed me how far technology came when you can put the band Weezer into the TV show Happy Days. Yes. Forrest um, Gumped it. <laughs> they totally did Forrest Gump it. Uh, I yep. think that's one of the first music videos to actually really do that. But, I mean... Weezer's a bunch of nerds and I love them for it. And that's that's that, that's my um that's my soul kitty. What do you call that? Spirit animal. No, yes. there's a better word for it. it. There's a better word for it. Um it's probably not soul kitty. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that's what it is. But now everyone in our listening arena can use soul kitty. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna start a, a trend. It's now soul kitty. They are my soul kitties. <laughs> and then my final one that I picked. This music video hit me so, so, so hard because I finally saw that a music video could actually make a difference in the world. What do I mean? You mean you picked Girl School by Britney Fox. <laughs> Incorrect. That certainly made a change in my world. Let me nope. nope. I actually chose Soul Asylum's Runaway Train. Ah, yeah. that was a great video. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That Excellent call. Excellent. It actually, there's several different versions of it, some by region in the country, some by other countries. So if you were in Australia, the basic idea of the music video is there are vignettes of kids that have been trafficked or kidnapped or solicited in some way. And it's basically about the exploitation of children, but interspersed with these, these pre-taped you know, vignettes with actors are missing children posters. And it has the picture of the kid, the date that they were born, the date that they went missing. And it changes from where you are in the world. So in Australia, there was a different version. In America, there was a different version. In New York, there was a different version. They had pictures of these kids in these regions. And the beautiful thing about this music video was not only did it raise awareness for the exploitation of children, but it also actually reunited one of the kids with his parents. And that was like, yeah, one and I, I was under the impression that it, it was actually a couple. It, it wasn't just one, but it maybe it was, but if, if it was only one, then it made a bigger impact than 99.999% of videos ever have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I hate to end on that downer note, but seriously. Well, you, don't, you know what? You don't have to end on a downer note. I'm going to, I'm going to note one that I'm surprised nobody picked. Oh, okay. It was, delightfully cheesy it's horrifically dated i swear um, to god if you say groove is in the heart i'm ending this podcast I, nope no nope, video not, is terrible um <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where you're not sure what the hell is going on um but i don't know how none of us mentioned demolition man 
by Manfred Mann's Earth Band. All right, T, please take the lead on this one. Ladies and gentlemen, our federally mandated Manfred Mann's Earth Band reference of the podcast has now been satisfied. Wow, it just gets worse. And for Thank those you. keeping score, we had two in our last episode, so we're covered in case we miss one. We've in got a mulligan. This one. Yeah. That's and then, that's and then you think about the you know, you think about the golden age of videos, and there are some of those that you kind of think like, well, it it was it would have been something because it was the first one I saw that was anything other than a performance clip. You know what I mean? Like Ashes to Ashes or Yeah. Uh Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics would have been one. There's like a weird, like a cow just randomly standing there. <laughs> I don't remember that video. It's called Art. Thank you. It's a cow. <laughs> yes, but it might be Le Cow or Le it's, Mou. It's Art. Or just to bring everything full circle, maybe it's being cooked by a pig on a sign outside a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> One who's smoking a, st- smoking a stogie and has like a weird tattoo and a strange hat. And- that is the sign Support. of fine barbecue craftsmanship. Yeah, Absolutely. At this point, with all the talk of the barbecue, I think you're going to have to order Ribs USA tonight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> quickly steering into that vein. Oh, all right. Well, that has been our slap nuts for the month of March. The nuts have been slapped. Now, uh, here's the thing. We would love to hear your opinion, your stories on your worst meal, the, the, the music video that made the most impact on you, your favorite soundtracks. You can do that at any of these places that I'm about to say, except for Patreon, because I don't think they have a talkback button. But uh, please, guys, let us know your input. Um, if you think we're doing a great job and you're like, hey, I should give them cash. You can do that at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can find us on Twitter at rock and roll LT. Our Instagram is rock and roll heaven LT. Facebook rock and roll heaven pod. Still not saying our website. You can check us out on TikTok now. We're doing some fun things over there. You can check us out at TikTok at Rock and Roll Heaven Pod, and you can email us at Rock and Roll Heaven LT at gmail.com. And please make sure to check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcast, pantheonpodcast.com. We have got some amazing shows. They just added, I think, five new shows. So the network is getting bigger and better and awesome. And we love our network, guys. So please go over there, support the other shows Rock and Roll Archaeology, Mistress Carrie. Uh, who cares about the Rock Hall? I think, uh, you know, that's uh, with the passing of Meatloaf. Uh, I think there was a big discussion that was happening with them. So, you know, check out all of those awesome podcasts uh, there. And with that, TJ, do you have anything that you would like to tell the audience? Yeah, I do. Um, one of these days, Will and I are going to like secretly record an episode and like just not tell you about it. And it's just going to be me and he. Yeah, he and I talking about hottest chicks in music videos ever. You guys, I'm going to have to say to the audience right now that I apologize. My brother was uh, dropped on his head a lot as a kid. He he licked uh, paint. He ate, ate paint chips. We lived near power lines. Yeah. Uh, he stuck his head in the microwave one time. I'm sure that couldn't have helped. Um, as I have no excuse. I, I'm just... I saw, yeah. I saw it on Grim- I saw it on Gremlins, and I was like, I wonder if I'll actually explode. <laughs> All I can picture well, I, is TJ head in microwave singing. I mean, I'm sorry that my brother is a misogynistic pig for all of my friends out there in rock and roll. 
I'm sorry. We love him though. We love him just, but it was a different time. He's getting to be that age where he can just start saying crazy things and people just be like, oh, he's old. It just go, isn't that quaint? He's old. He can't make, he can't help himself. <laughs> Come on. The one in Crocs, Rock the Cradle of Love, Will. Am I right? Oh, I was rocking the something else. Love. Watching yeah. that one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, boy. I'm so <laughs> Bye, everybody. Will? I, uh, what TJ said. Oh, uh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, the, the bye, everybody part. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you? No, don't do that. Um, for those of you watching, I'm about to get sprayed. Here comes the bottle and oh crap. That's not oh, colder than last Will, time. How is that possible? Will didn't do anything. By the window. I, this is, yeah, you have misguided your anger. <sighs> he was, he, he was, a, he was a, an innocent spectator. He had, exactly. he had nothing to do with that. I was I was a bystander. When we actually start recording these things together, guys, uh, I can just spray both of you, and we'll do it on video. So you're going to need a bigger bottle. I am. I'm going to need two bottles, like uh, Daniel. You're gonna get a, I'm going to get you like one of those. Like I'm I'm sure you can still find them online or something. So I'm going to get you one of those super soakers. Shoot us. What we should do is have two bottles and label them, and then each episode we mark how much has like been how much liquid is out of the bottle to see who's getting sprayed more. Be a, <laughs> a bit of a contest. I love this idea. I love the idea. Yes. All right, Will, would you like to say goodnight? I would. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you on the next one. All right. So to close out this episode, what I'm going to let dealer's choice, guys. Um, I'm going to think of a number between 1 and 10, and the person that's closest gets to pick the closing song, okay? So, uh, Will, what number am I thinking of? Uncle Arthur. Oh, no, wait. No, I'm sorry. Um, 11 between one and 10 oh he said one and 10 okay <laughs> i was gonna pick 11 I, I, i'm not joking <laughs> see i don't think i think we missed that part i was gonna right. i was gonna say can i can i take 11 okay is 11 an option yeah, okay <laughs> all right again. all right so we're doing one to ten yes whole numbers only yeah. no fractions or integers no okay. okay i'm gonna go with three okay tj i choose green I would like to pick a rumbus. <laughs> Can you describe seven. the rumbus, sir? Uh, TJ seven. actually picked my number. My number was seven. seven. All right. So, TJ, what song would you like to go out? We're close with Punk Rock Girl. Damn it. All right. Let's give the dead Milkman. Let's give the Dead Milkman some love. All Amen. Right. Okay, so you guys are going to listen to the Dead Milkman, Punk Rock Girls. So. Uh, from all of us here at Rock and Roll Heaven to all of you out there in Radio Land, we love you all and we will see you next week. I'm so sorry. Bye.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 